Good morning. Welcome to Boiling Springs Baptist Church. We are glad that you are here with us today. We want to welcome any guests and visitors that we may have with us this morning. One week from today, Sunday evening, October 1st, we are excited to have a ministry party. This is a big time uh, for our church. This will be happening at 6.15 in our LEC, in our Life Enrichment Center over in our gym. Um, There will be tables that committees will have set up, and we would love to have uh, all the members of our church come and to sign up to be involved on committees and in the different ministries of our church. Um, There will be cake and other snacks there as we celebrate our church and the different ministries that make it up. And we hope that you can be a part of that special night at 615 in our LEC. One final announcement is that on Sunday nights in the month of October, every or the first four Sunday nights in October, Dr. Kent Blevins, who is a professor in the Religious Studies Department at Gardner-Webb University, will be here um, teaching a weekly Sunday evening class on the highlights of the Reformation. Uh, We celebrate 500 years of the Protestant Reformation this year, and Dr. Blevins will be coming to share with us uh, that special time on Sunday evenings in the month of October. We are glad that you are here with us to worship today. At this time, I'll invite Candy to come for announcements that she has. This morning is the morning that we receive the offering for the North Carolina Baptist State Convention Missions Offering. Um, The GAs and RAs will be um, standing up front with baskets to accept your offering if you would like to contribute. Um, If you haven't done so and would like to um, make your contribution, uh, write out your check today. There are some gold envelopes in the um, pews and you can use those for your um, contribution. If you would, please stand and join me in singing number 596, Go Forth and Tell. If you are able, please stand.
may be seated. I welcome the children to come forward for lesson on the steps. I want to read to you a scripture this morning that Pastor Keith's going to use in his lesson. And it's from Matthew 28, verse 20. I have commanded you, and you can be sure that I am always with you to the very end. How many of you have something that's so special that sits on your bed and that you always grab it when you need help? Do you have a favorite animal wheel that sits on your... Yeah, I bet you do. You got two special things that sit on your bed. Well, you know, I think most of us, even though you don't realize it, we always grab something that we love. And do you know why we do that? Why do we grab something that we love, Will? Because we, we feel good when we hold it. See, I feel so good when I hold this teddy bear. But you know who's holding us? Jesus is. That's right, Briley. Jesus is holding us. But in that scripture, it tells us that God is doing many things for us. He loves us. Just like this teddy bear, I love it very much. And it gets lots of secrets in its ears sometimes. It's always there for me. Is God always there for you? He is, isn't he? Sometimes we forget that. Miss Ellen likes to remind you that you can talk to God about anything because that's why he's there. He wants you to trust him. He wants you to understand he's right beside you. And most, most important is he wants you to know he loves you. And when things go wrong, like we talked about, we have to erase some things when we do wrong. And God forgives us, doesn't he? He always does. So, my teddy bear is like God sometimes because all, we always know he's here. And we always know he has time to listen because you just grab him and you know it. But the most important thing about my teddy bear and God, he always loves us, doesn't he? So let's pray. Lord, we thank you that you're always as close as our special animal. We know that we can come to you and you will hold us as tight as we hold our teddy bear. That you will love us, forgive us, and walk with us through our day. And we are your children, Lord, and we are learning every day how strong our faith is. Lord, I thank you for these children, for their love of life, and their love for you. It's in your son's name I pray. Amen. All right, I have a teddy bear so that you will always remember what your teddy bear and God does for you every day. Well, good morning. It's good to see you this, this morning. 
Let me just mention a few things before we pray together this morning. Uh, This is the fall season, uh, one of my favorites. I look forward to the changing of the leaves. I was in Hendersonville yesterday and uh, working with dad and anticipating just a wonderful fall season. But in light of fall season, when we think of church life, we also think of budget for 2018. So if you are a leader of a committee that would like to, maybe you haven't turned in your budget request for 2018, please do that. But before you turn it in, let me remind you, maybe you already uh, know this, but um, we are behind budget, and so we just want you to be mindful of that as you turn in that budget request. The finance team and deacons are aware of this, and they're going to be having more discussions along with myself about uh, that for the fall and what that could look like for 2018. But just encourage you to be faithful in your gifts, and we would very much appreciate that. Second thing, I want to mention that uh, Jeff Powell, I received word late last night that Jeff Powell was in the emergency room at Shelby uh, with a possible gallbladder uh, procedure happening as we speak. And so be in, be in prayer for Jeff and Lydia and their family at this time. Also heard from Charles this morning that Daphne is also at the hospital this morning, undergoing some pain, uh, possible kidney stones, they don't know, but um, you can talk with Charles after the service, but be in prayer for uh, Daphne and for Charles Bridges at this time. Jerry Green has surgery this Thursday, please be mindful of him. Also, we have many others, some who can't be with us today because they are undergoing treatments and maybe they're sick and going through just a, as we think about seasons, going through a difficult season health-wise. So be mindful of those, many of those in our church family who are undergoing struggles at this time. Also, we continue to extend sympathy to Terry and Kelly Wallace and your family in the passing of of your mom, Nancy. Um, Wonderful service here Friday and we just, uh, you've been in our thoughts and prayers and you will remain so. Let's continue to remember those in Texas, Florida, Mexico, Puerto Rico. We could probably go on and on about the different places that are undergoing great devastation right now. And our hearts are with them. And your gifts this morning will go to help in many of those places. So be mindful of that. Let's pray together. God, we rejoice in another opportunity to come together and to worship in your house. Father, we come in here today with many things on our hearts and our minds some of which distracting for us, some of which are just maybe heavy burdens that we carry into this place. Lord, we pray that we would leave all of those at your feet today, that we would place those at your altar. And Father, we know that you're a big God and you're a great God. And that Father, that you can take all of these different concerns and burdens that we carry. Father, many of which we were never intended to carry. So Father, we lay them at your feet this morning. Father, prepare our hearts and our minds, Lord, as we read and as we hear from your word. Lord, prepare our hearts and our minds as the sermon is delivered, as our prayers are prayed, as our songs are sung. And Father, may when we leave this place, may everything we've said and done bring you honor and glory today. That's our one desire as we meet with you at this hour. Father, our hearts are heavy towards these with physical illness right now. Father, we pray for Jeff Powell for a successful procedure. Also for Daphne as she's undergoing a great deal of pain right now. Lord, we lift up uh, others within our midst. We pray for Jerry Green as an upcoming surgery. We pray for, we think of Joel Dobbins, who's undergoing treatment, uh, Gene Cox. We think of others. Lord, we uh, lift these names up to you, knowing that you are the all-sufficient Savior and that you will meet each one of these at the point of their need. Lord, we are so mindful this morning of many throughout our world who are undergoing great distress right now, homes that have been flooded, homes that have been destroyed and are in shackles or just in, in, in um, shambles because of earthquakes or other disasters. Father, we pray, Lord, for these involved. We pray that you would provide for their needs, for the emergency workers who are aiding them, God. Give them the tools and the resources and the finances and the skills that they need, Lord, to restore life. 
We thank you for the opportunity to give to these needs. And Father, we ask for your blessings on the gifts that were given this morning. Father, as they are used not only here in the state of North Carolina, but around the world, we do pray, Lord, that people not only would be assisted with their tangible needs, but Father, that they would hear the good news that's found in a relationship with Jesus Christ. Father, it is our desire today to bring you honor and glory. We commit this service to you, asking this prayer in Jesus' name, amen. When Keith shared with me about his sermon for today and um, the scripture he was going to be reading, one of the first songs that came to my mind was, We All Are One in Mission. And then I thought, we all may not be one in knowing this tune and how it goes, but um, as I thought about it, it's in the Celebrating Grace hymnal, the hymnal we are planning to purchase, and I thought, what better time to learn it than now? So let me just give you a couple of hints about this hymn. The... um, First, third, and fourth lines are basically the same kind of melody. There's only one note that is different in those. And the third line is just a little bit different. So what we're going to do is um, I'll have the accompanist play through at one time, and then the choir will sing the first stanza for you, and then we'll sing stanzas one through four together. And um, you will notice to the right of the page that it says complainer. You know, different tunes have different names, and I purposely didn't look up why this was named Complainer because I made an I had an idea for myself that it might be because some congregation was complaining because they didn't know the tune. But I know there are no complainers here, and y'all are good sports, so I know you're going to learn this tune. So if you would stand, we'll play through it one time, and then the choir will sing one stanza, and then we'll ask you to join in. doing the words to leave that stanza up there. That's the one we're getting ready to, no, back one. There we go. That's the one we're getting ready to do. 
Here we go. We all are to apologize for throwing our curveball to the people doing the words on the screen and I want to thank you for being good sports. Choir practice is Wednesday at 7. <laughs> Would you join with me as we approach the Father in prayer? Heavenly Father, we come before you in prayer this morning because you have invited us to have fellowship with you. We acknowledge your holiness, Lord, while recognizing our unworthiness to stand before you. Thank you for your grace, your mercy, your forgiveness, and for sending Jesus to be our Savior and our friend. Thank you also for your Holy Spirit who resides in our hearts, who comforts and guides and empowers us to love and serve you as you want us to do. Help us be responsive to the Spirit's leadership and his conviction, as well as to, do, to be dependent upon him to draw us closer to you. You are a giving God. You bless us day after day with rich blessings that show your love to us. Please help us to be faithful to you and your church obedient to your will for our lives, and generous with our time, our talents, and our money. Help us to be willing to give our entire lives to you, Father, all that we are, all that we have. Accept our tithes and our offerings this morning, Lord. We present them to you and ask that you use them for kingdom work. In the precious name of Jesus, we offer our prayer. 
Amen. Thank you, choir. What a beautiful song. Many gifts, one spirit. In light of that, before I read, let me remind you what Alan said earlier at the beginning of our service. Next Sunday night, as we think about the fact that God has gifted us and that we do follow one spirit, the spirit of the living God that dwells within us and gifts, he gifts us in different ways for service and for ministry. Next Sunday night is a ministry party in the LEC. Uh, you can eat cake and ice cream. That alone should be attractive for you. 
and walk around and talk to ministry leaders about the different ministries and uh, arms of outreach, if you will, uh, of Boiling Springs Baptist Church. And so whether you have been a member for years or whether you are new to Boiling Springs or getting to know Boiling Springs, this would be a great opportunity for you to get to know us a lot better and talk to leaders of our many ministries here at the church. So be mindful of that. It's next Sunday night at 6.15 following uh, our Bible or study on the Reformation that will begin at 5. If you have your Bibles this morning, uh, let me remind you, the scripture will not be on the screen, so I would encourage you to either grab one in your pew or grab your own Bible and turn to Galatians 5, beginning at verse 15. Galatians 5, beginning at verse 15. I'll be reading from the New American Standard this morning, and I'm following this time with prayer. Galatians 5, 15. But if you bite and devour one another... Take care that you are not consumed by one another. But I say, walk or keep walking by the Spirit, and you will not carry out the desire of the flesh. For the flesh set its desire against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. For these are in opposition to one another, so that you may not do the things that you please. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the deeds of the flesh are evident which are immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, outburst of anger, disputes, dissensions, factions, envying, drunkenness, carousing, and things like these, of which I forewarn you, just as I have forewarned you, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, Joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such there is no law. Now those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. Let us not become boastful, challenging one another and envying one another. Let's pray once again. God, I pray that today the words of my lips and the meditation of my heart would be acceptable in your sight, O oh Lord, my rock, my strength, and my redeemer. In Jesus' name, amen. Bowling Springs Baptist is beginning a new season of ministry. I referenced the fall season, the literal fall season, and the leaves that will be changing soon. But as we go forward into the fall of 2017, we're entering in a new season of ministry. We've had a wonderful summer. We've had a great celebration of 170 years as a church. We've had special guests. We've rung the bell. We've done some very special services and just a great time of looking to the past. And I invite you this morning to look with me into the future. Some focus and direction is needed as we do that. Without, focus is important. I think we're going to have an image on the screen here, but without focus, without a sense of, of, of one direction, we end up with something that looks a little bit like this. And you see kind of a question mark in the middle, but you've got arrows to the right, to the left, stop, yield, turn to the right, turn to the left. And so without focus, we can oftentimes end up in a place where we never wanted to be. And uh, a place that will breed chaos and frustration, and you know how it is car when you've got three people telling you know which the driver which way to go it can often be very frustrating but without focus like I said we could end up in a place we don't want to be this morning the sermon is titled getting there from here getting there from here and the there that we're talking about this morning is to a place a spiritual uh, health 
of spiritual growth, of spiritual maturity. How can we get to that place from where we are right now? As Christ followers, it's our desire to be more like Christ with our words, with our actions, with everything that we are, with everything that is in us. It is our desire to be more like Christ. I also believe that you would agree with me that in order for us to be who God is calling us to be, we need to be healthy. Just like an athlete, some of you can really relate to that in the sense of an athlete uh, has to be at his or her best to compete and to win. So it is true for the Christian in his or her walk. Paul gives us a great prescription, to use a doctor's term, in Galatians 5 of how to get to the there, of how to get to that place of spiritual health, how to get to that place of spiritual growth and maturity. And part of today's text is a feel-good text. If you grew up in the church or if you've been around church for any length of time, you've probably heard about the fruit of the Spirit. And fruit of the Spirit's a great thing to talk about. It's a great thing to have a children's sermon about or a children's Sunday school class about. Its words are pleasant to hear. But unfortunately, the words before we got to the fruit of the Spirit, before we arrived there today in our reading of the text, the words were a little bit more difficult to hear. Something we can all relate to is what it's like to be unhealthy. Um, as we think about diagnosing our spiritual health, as we think about our physical health, if we have an ailment or a concern, just this morning, Daphne began to be in some pain and, and had to go to the, to the hospital in Shelby. And so we are, uh, Charles, please let her know, we'll be in, in prayer for her uh, during this time. But we go to the doctor, we go to the hospital, and they prescribe a remedy for our situation based on the evaluation that the doctor gives. They prescribe a prescription or a remedy. You need to rest, you need to take this, and you need to do this. And so if we follow the doctor's orders, in most cases, we will end up healthier than had we not gone to the doctor. Looking at Galatians 5, Paul has some things to say about diagnosing our spiritual health. He gives us a prescription for how to get there to this place of spiritual health, maturity, and growth from where we are. Paul begins with the evidence of spiritual illness or the evidence of poor spiritual health. If you look back to the first, if you have your Bibles, I would encourage you to keep them open. If you go back to Galatians 5 at verse 16, Paul writes, I say, walk by the Spirit. If you study this a little more in the Greek, you will see that it's a continuation. It is, but I say, as you keep walking by the Spirit, you will not carry out the desire of the flesh. Paul is contrasting. We've, we, we've known this for some time. Paul does this throughout his, his writings. He contrasts that of the flesh and what that life looks like to what that life, if you're walking and living in the spirit and what that life looks like. And he introduces this here in verse 16. I say, keep walking by the spirit and you will not carry out the desire of the flesh. In verse 17, for the flesh sets its desire against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh, for these are in opposition to one another so that you may not do the things that you please. Paul reminds the church in Galatia and you and I this morning about this constant struggle between the flesh and the spirit. As we read about the different vices that Paul mentions here, these are the unpleasant words that I spoke of just a moment ago. The fruit of the spirit is great, but we've got a few verses before we get there. And so let's take a look at those. I wanna divide this into three big areas of spiritual illness represented in this list of vices. Three big areas of spiritual illness. The first one is an improper view of sex. 
I don't think I've ever said that word from this pulpit. Um, But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. The deeds of the flesh are evident, which are immorality, impurity, and sensuality. Sex in a marriage is a great thing. It's where God intended it to be. When you take something that's outside of the confines where it was intended to be, you're left with problems and you're left with difficulties. It's a great thing, again, to be celebrated in a marriage. It's a good, it's a good thing. But it becomes a bad thing when it becomes under the domain of the flesh. Immorality, again, sex outside of the marriage. Impurity, thoughts, images. We could go on and on. We need to be mindful that when Paul wrote these words, he was writing it to a, a Greek, a Greco-Roman, he had, there was a great Greco-Roman influence in the church of Galatia. There was a great deal of immorality and impurity, and it had become so much a part of the culture, it was a part of who they were, it was a part of their normal life, and would often even infiltrate itself into temple worship. The struggle with the, sen- the sensual side of the fleshly nature is nothing new. Paul is clear that immoral sexual behaviors are a part of our sinful fleshly nature. It's very clear, it's right here in the text. The second area of spiritual illness, if we want to get to a place of health, the second area of spiritual illness is an improper view of worship. In verse 20, Paul clearly says, he uses the word idolatry and then later sorcery. I would propose to you this morning that God planted inside of you and me and each of the individuals and humans that God created a desire to worship him. The problem, when you think of idolatry, the problem is when we place another individual, when we place another object, when we place a desire or an inclination that we have above that of God, that is sin and that is idolatry. When anything or any person or any object becomes more important to us than God, that is idolatry. We can do this through our ideals, through our desires. If we're not careful, we leave the teachings of God by the wayside. The final area of spiritual illness that Paul mentions here in Galatians 5 is an improper view of social relationships. All of the following vices that are mentioned in this part before we get to the good news about the fruit of the Spirit fall under the idea of social or under the umbrella of social relationships. Verse 20 and 21, after idolatry and sorcery, he reads, the deeds of the flesh are enmity, strife, jealousy, outburst of anger, disputes, dissensions, factions, envying, drunkenness, carousing, and things like these of which I forewarned you. God also placed not only the desire for worship that I spoke about in each of us, but he also placed the desire for companionship in each of us, the desire to have meaningful relationships. We seek those out through all areas of life. It's important for Aiden as he's in school and as he's growing his friendships in his class. It's important for any child, any youth to grow those relationships. It's important for the young adults. It's important as you begin to find that special someone. God planted within us that natural desire for companionships and meaningful relationships. But the problem is when, again, those natural desires fall under the domain of the flesh, the results are what Paul mentions here in Galatians 5. He mentions enmity or quarreling. Did anybody ever quarrel? He mentions strife, angry or bitter disagreements over issues. We have way too much of that in our world today, and unfortunately, we see that in our church as well. Jealousy, anger, which can lead to harsh cutting words or actions that are not loving. Selfishness, only being concerned with what you want 
and having a strong sense of self-entitlement or self-interest and dissension. We see this far too great in our world today. Seeking to cause problems and issues between people, seeking to divide, we see this played out not only in relationships in community, and unfortunately, we often see this played out in churches today as well. Paul also talks about the party spirit. I don't think that needs a great deal of explanation, but this idea of always wanting to be where the party's at. Um, sometimes being at a party is a good thing, but Paul is not talking about it as a, as a good thing in this context. And then he mentions drunkenness and carousing as well. Paul clearly says in Galatians 5 that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. That's not good news. That's dark. That's kind of um, uh, painting, painting a dark picture, I believe. If these things are a consistent presence in your life, I would venture to say that you are not at a place of spiritual health. Well, the good news, church, is there is a remedy. If you go to the doctor and he tells you what's wrong, as we go to God and he begins to convict and he begins to point out what's wrong in our lives, God also provides a remedy. And that remedy is Christ Jesus, our Lord. If you skip over the fruits of the Spirit and go down to verse 24 of Galatians 5, Paul wrote, now these who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If you back up in Galatians 2, verse 20, Paul wrote a verse that many of you may know or be familiar with. He says, I have crucified, I am crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. The remedy for our spiritual darkness, the remedy for our poor spiritual health is found in a relationship with Jesus Christ. What does it mean to crucify the flesh? as Paul talks about here in several verses. I mean, Christ killed the power of sin, and Christ can redeem the old man. And he does this through the life-giving presence, not only of his son on the cross and the resurrection, but the Holy Spirit that he has endowed each believer with. Romans 7, 15 through 20, Paul talked about this struggle, even more uh, personal details about the struggle between the flesh and the spirit. He said, I find myself doing the things I don't want to do, and I'm not doing the things that I want to do. He's, 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 he's um, uh, I do the things I don't want to do, and I don't do the things that I want to do. Later in Romans 8, um, verses 4 and 5, uh, he also says this in verse 5, for those who are according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who are according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. I love Pastor Tony Evans' advice when it comes to the flesh and the spirit, he gives us some great counsel. I heard this many years ago. I don't know if it was at an old Promise Keepers rally back years ago or where it was, but he said, starve the flesh and feed the spirit. I've often told that to young individuals or any individuals who are struggling with impure thoughts or uh, pursuing pathways that are not healthy for them and for their spiritual lives and their spiritual growth. Starving the flesh and feeding the spirit, starving those things that feed our fleshly and sinful nature. Don't get around those things, those people, those images, those computers or those TVs, those whatever it is that may be hindering us spiritually. But starve the flesh, but feed the spirit of God. Be around people who love God. Listen to music that honors God. Be around, uh, again, friends and proper environments that help you grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ. Starving the flesh and feeding the spirit. We've looked at the evidence of poor spiritual health. We've looked at the remedy, and now let us look at the evidence of good spiritual health. 
What does it look like when we are walking with Christ in a spiritually healthy way? Paul gives us nine qualities or aspects of good spiritual health. The first one is love. The first one is love. If you back up, we didn't read this in today's text, but if you back up in Galatians 5, back to verse 14, Paul writes, for the whole law is fulfilled in one word, in the statement, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. A better description of love is given in 1 Corinthians 13. And of course, the ultimate embodiment of love is that that's found in Christ Jesus. But let me read again the fruits of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such these things there is no law. So we look at love, we look at joy, and Paul was speaking of joy even in the midst of persecution. If we read and understand and know Paul in his journey at all, we know that he wrote many times speaking of God's grace and love and kindness in the midst of being stuck in an old, dirty, rotten, cold prison cell. Paul knew what it was like to have joy in the midst of being persecuted. Peace is another characteristic, something so basic to the Christian experience. We pray that for those who are going through health issues. We pray that for people that are going through great difficulties in life, that God may grant you his peace. Patience, the opposite of being angered and short-tempered that we talked about just a moment ago. The Holy Spirit enables us in this area. The King James Version uses the term long-suffering. Kindness, goodness. Sometimes goodness is translated as generosity. Faithfulness trustworthiness or fidelity, gentleness, a gentle strength. Being gentle doesn't mean that you're weak, but being gentle can mean that you have this subtle, this this gentle strength about you. And the last fruit of the Spirit is self-control. Self-control here with Paul denotes an inner strength by which an individual handles themselves. Some of you know what this is like. You're around people who have tremendous some who have no self-control and others who have a tremendous sense of self-control. They are bothered in many ways by the things that happened around them. It's evident that they are bothered, but yet the way that they handle themselves is above reproach. The one who does not respond with quick impulses, their thoughts do not immediately come out of their mouths, but there is a sense of self-control. So now that we've diagnosed spiritual health, I propose to you, church, that we can get there from here. We can get there from here. That's good news. But we have to start here. We have to examine our spiritual lives even if what we find is a little unsettling. We know there is a cure and we know there is a remedy. Wait, there's more. That'll be my current article uh, if you read that for October, but wait, there's more. But wait, there's even, there's even more. Now that we've found health and have the cure, we have been charged to take this cure to others. This morning, we have talked about the Great Commission. We have taken up money that will not only go to help with practical needs, but we've also taken up money that will enable people in the state of North Carolina to go and to share the good news of Jesus Christ, both here in our state and around the world. Great Commission reads, Matthew 28, 19 through 20, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end 
of the age. May we seek to live lives that are spiritually healthy. And in so doing, we will use our gifts that the choir sang about, that we're going to talk about again next Sunday morning, next Sunday night at the ministry party. Seek to live lives that are spiritually healthy. And as we do that, as we use the gifts that God has given us, the Great Commission will only become a natural outflow of our spiritual health. This today only begins to scratch the surface of what it looks like to be spiritually healthy. I invite each of you this morning, including myself, to examine and to look within. We often ask that as we have communion, which we will have next Sunday morning as well. But let us look within our own lives. Let us see, is, is there some illness there? Is there some spiritual unhealthy things that are going on that are hindering our walk with the Lord? And as we examine ourselves and as God reveals, as his spirit reveals those things to us, may we be faithful to confess them and to come clean. Will you pray with me? God, we thank you for your word that when we open it up and when we take it seriously, when we read it, when we study it, and when we apply it to our lives, it can often convict us, often does convict us, and it leads us into a closer relationship with you. Father, I pray for each one in this place today. As we move forward into this new season of ministry, into this new season of church life and new opportunities, I pray, Lord, that we would both, we would all examine ourselves and we would look within. Are any of these vices that was mentioned earlier in Galatians 5 evident in our lives? And if they are, Lord, help us to be faithful and honest with you and ask your forgiveness. We're grateful that the remedy is Jesus Christ. His life and death and his resurrection provides hope and meaning and purpose to our lives. And we're grateful for the promise in your word that if we confess our sins, you are faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Father, I pray that these fruits of the Spirit would be evident in our lives and that, Lord, that your Spirit would be so alive in our lives that, Father, following and fulfilling the Great Commission would only be a natural outflow of what you are doing in our lives. We commit this time of invitation to you in Jesus' name. Amen. If you're here today and you'd like to, to pray at the altar, talk with me about a spiritual need, I'd be happy to receive you. If you'd like to talk with me about church membership, would invite you to do that as well. Let's stand and sing together.
glad to be in God's house today. Would you say amen? If you would, please stand and we'll join together in our closing response. May the Spirit bind us together.